Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, my name is Danielle Fiendarka. I do two things really. I'm co-founder of Utopia, which is a culture change business. We go in and we help build more purposeful, more inclusive and more entrepreneurial cultures. And I'm also co-author of a new book called Creative Superpowers, Equip Yourself for the Age of Creativity. In this series, we will be asking some of the people that have inspired us what the best piece of advice they have ever been given and how it's impacted their careers. Our guests come from a variety of creative backgrounds, including advertising, art, design, fashion, food experimentalism, literature and music. Please do feedback if you enjoy what you hear either by connecting with me on LinkedIn or commenting on Instagram or Twitter. The hashtag for the program is hashtag BPOAE. Welcome to the podcast, Paola. Thank you so much, Daniele. Um, so for those that don't know you, can you tell us your name and what you do? I'm Paola Sukoti. I'm um, an industrial designer, ethnographer, trends forecaster, strategist, author, photographer and filmmaker. Fantastic. But what are you, and what are you most famous for? Uh, being an ethnographer and an author and photographer. But and being an ethnographer. And so if, if, if someone is sitting in their house and, ha- and might have your book, what book might they have? Everything We Touch, 24 Hours Inventory of Our Lives. And that's how we met, right? That's, that's really the conversation that we had and you came and spoke to us. So can you, it's such a fascinating, such a beautiful, uh, fascinating uh, book and such a lovely idea uh, and, you know and you know we've got such amazing creativity creatives coming on this and I think you have very different hats which actually use different parts of the brain actually which I think is quite interesting um, tell us about your book oh brilliant thank you um, my book well is uh, the story of people around the world told by every single thing they touch in a single day so it portrays cowboys in Arizona, toddlers in Tokyo, lion dancers in Shanghai. So you get to discover the life of others only by their physical footprint. So there are, photogra- I would say, like photographic uh, essays yeah. of our daily lives told by objects. Yeah. So tell us some of the most interesting objects that you've discovered through people sharing the objects oh i think it's not just the object but the stories that the objects you know bring and i just find fascinating to see the objects of traits that i'm not familiar with you know to see what a cowboy touches in a day the objects that you need for shoeing um i'm fascinated to see what a nun touches in a day or what a drag queen touches in a day you know like all those things like people that are kind of like different to you and getting into their lives by kind of letting those objects tell you their story is fascinating. So I've just come back from Bhutan recently and obviously there's a lot of monks and did you did you have anyone I mean who 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 touched the least in a day? Uh, well the story that I tell on the book is a cloister nun from Madrid she's 44 years old she moved into the convent when she was 16 and she never ever seen the outside world since she moved from Ecuador to Madrid and I went to visit her and it was very special to see her because I had to talk her to you know with her through a little fence and she handed me everything that she touched in a day and I was expecting her to give me her spoon uh, you know teacup toothbrush all those kind of objects that are a little bit meaningless 
However, she gave me the holy abbots, the rosary, her uh, her uh, cross, the Bible. And I was quite surprised that she gave me those things, but nothing else. And when I asked her, you know, Piedad, where is everything else that, you know, you touch in a day? She said, I cannot give that to you. It's too sacred. I can't share that. So the things that you thought were sacred were very different to her things that were sacred. Exactly. And that's one of the most kind of like marvelous things of being an ethnographer and doing this kind of work because it completely changes your perspective of how you see things. So, I mean, I think what's what I love about your story is that I, I love passion projects. I mean, passion projects are really what got, have got me to here. Um, and, you know, this was a passion project for you, right? You're an ethnographer and, you know, you do a lot of research, which which I would guess is a slightly different part of the brain. And But you also love photography and you brought those two things together. I mean, um, talk talk us through how, you know, how that happened. Yes, I, I think it's, it's been uh, wonderful for me and life changer to do this project because it let me merge two sides of me, you know, the kind of like more nerdy ethnographer, really curious type of girl, you know, like that side with the more arty visual storytelling side. So I think I had the opportunity to bring my skills all in one. I'm an industrial designer by training, so I've always been a visual person. However, uh, working on ethnography, you have you use a different part of your brain. Not you know, you don't use the pencil and your creative side. You use uh, your thinking. You go, you you get lost deep in your brain trying to see things that other people can't see and you go really deep but then it comes to a time that you want to tell those stories tell the things that you are seeing that nobody else is seeing so I didn't know how to tell the story of everything we touch because it didn't exist so I had to go and make it happen so I had to go and collect those objects and I found photography to be the tool that would allow me to tell that story. So I had to train myself to learn how to take those photos. So photography became really the right platform to share what I had to say. So I became a photographer after. Oh, really? Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. And so sitting here now, if anyone's um, got a passion they haven't quite followed or an idea what they'll follow, what advice would you give to them? The advice I have to give to them is try it, do a little prototype, experiment with it. I had this idea of everything we touch and it was somehow in my brain, you know, waiting and one day having a glass of wine with one of my best friends. I said, look, I have this idea of collecting everything that people touch in one day and take a photograph. And she said, that's fantastic. And I said, but who will want to do that? You know, who in earth will want to lend me all their objects? And she said, I'll do it. I'll be your first one. So I think letting those stories out and, uh, you know, exchanging your ideas with other people, being always open and making things happen. So from prototype, then you have then the idea grows because then you have something to show to someone. So then I had one photo, then I had two, then I had three. Then I was talking to Penguin Random House about making a book. So I think it's just kind of like start you know, don't, don't don't get overwhelmed by the whole idea. If I would have said, let's just photograph everyone around the world, let's go to six continents as I did, it probably would have never happened. Yeah, yeah. But t- take one step at a time and so let things ne- grow organically. And so what's next? Do you, do, are, you, are you building on that or are you coming up with new ideas? Well, that kind of project has a life of its own because I keep being asked to explore new topics. you know, on the likes. So I recently went to Jerusalem to do a project about religion, um, interviewing and photographing on the same style, 
all the kind of like multi-religions that meet in that city. So that was amazing. And then I did something similar in Dubai for Dubai Design Week, where I was photographing multiculturalism. So photographing all the different people that live in you know, Dubai from... Um, from traditional Emiratis to more, you know, modern day Emiratis to all the people that call Dubai home, like Syrians, uh, Indians, Mexicans, and see how all those cultures come together in one place. So that has one life. And then I'm working on a documentary that I'm calling Future Archaeology. And it's all these stories that I've been telling you in film because I've been videoing everything as I've been doing it. So, and because I never had time, that was torment. And now I have the opportunity to put that all together in a film. So that's coming next. And how do you, so we, we were talking about before, you know, different, you know, working and earning money as a, on your own is actually can be quite hard. Yeah. And obviously you've got quite a lot of, how has it changed now that you've got different sources of income? Has that helped, made it more complicated? How, how do you make it work? Uh, it helps for me because I work mainly my everyday job. I work as a consultant for uh, clients like uh, Google, McKinsey, Starbucks, Nike. That's my everyday. I run my independent consultancy called The Overworld and I manage my own time. I work with freelancers. I don't have an office. I don't have staff. I work in the places I like with people I like based on project by project. So that gives me a lot of flexibility in one hand. On the air one, I'm always traveling so for work, so I'm always making of my trips something else, whether okay. I'm going to research something for my own self when I am doing a project. But mainly, uh, I travel a lot. I do talks, I do conferences, I do things related to the book. So for me, the currency is not about uh, money all the time. It's about uh, being there and turning up to the things that are worth trying and going for and uh, some projects may pay you amazingly and then that will give you a little bit of buffer for your next adventure Um, some others are about what is that giving you you know like uh, you are going to meet five amazing new people you're going to end up with five amazing photographs that will open new doors so I think uh, I learned that of course you know money and pounds as a currency are the best thing because that will keep you know that keeps your business running but also everything else that comes with it makes up for the times that you didn't earn as you wanted yeah fantastic so the big question what's the best piece of advice you haven't been given and by whom um well you know like advice sometimes can be like a subtle message within a message (laughs) and the best piece of advice is work on those questions that google can't answer and that's, that does, does Google aren't there any, are there questions <laughs> that Google can't answer? Yes, there are, there are, there are, and those are the ones that should inspire you. You know, when you have a question for a project or something that you want to do, just Google it. If there is no answer, go for it. Uh-huh. Like you know, if you were to Google what people touch in one day, five years ago there was no answer for that. Now there is. So, kind of that's kind of like what I'm saying with that. And it's a piece of advice hidden on something that my daughter told me. So. The story goes, uh, four years ago, we went to the we went to Rome for a family holiday. We went to the Vatican City, climb up 550 steps to get to the top of St. Peter's Basilica. We were there, amazing view, and I take a photo of the view. And my daughter tells me, Mommy, why do you take pictures of things that you can find on the Internet? And that flew me away. I was like, wow, of course, you are so right. You know, like, obviously, I'm here. I want to capture this moment. But she saw me taking a picture. That's something that if you type St. Peter's Basilica view in Google, (laughs) there will be like at least 
a million photos of the same point of view. Yeah. So she challenged me to think th that's exactly how I want to sum up the things that I do. You know, I'm a creative person. I want to push boundaries. I want to create new culture. I want to create new things. I want to create things that don't exist yet. And one example of that is everything we touch. Now it exists, but before it didn't. And it also talks about understanding how new generations think. You know, people like uh, my daughter, who was uh, seven years old at the time, she has that kind of like brain that I call, you know, digital ecology. We are used to post everything, upload everything, put everything on the net because it's free and there is plenty of space. And hopefully future generations will be more resourceful when it comes to what you create and what you share. Yeah, because it's interesting, isn't it? It's just even for photos, I can't think of how many photos I've taken which have gone nowhere and will never go anywhere because you don't ever look back at them. No. So unless they've yeah. been posted to Instagram or Facebook, it's like they didn't exist. So therefore, is taking that photo part of a way of you actually putting it on your memory? You know, yeah. Because you know, I get, you know, yeah. I, I when I studied, you know, I had to, the best way I found to study was to write stuff down. And even now, if I hear something interesting, if, you know, I will hear something, you'd say something today, I will put a note in my, in, in my phone. Yes. I will actually write yes. it. Yes. Will I ever go back and look at it? I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay, but I still think there's value of just yes. writing it. So I think that's, I wonder whether the, just, while I, I get your daughter's point, but at the yeah. same time, I wonder whether just by clicking it and seeing it for whether it just gives you that moment to. Yes, I, I think as, you know, as human beings, and particularly on the current times, we are used to have to store information that way, even if it's halfway intended because you just took the photo and maybe you're not going to come back. But I think that is the way in which we are used to capture things, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, so talk me a bit more about how important, I think it's interesting for me, you know, you're, you're, you've talked about a piece of advice that really you got from, you, you inspired from your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how important do you think advice is in general and how has it helped your career? I think it's super important. This advice that I just told you has become a little bit of a motto for me. But apart from that, I think uh, the best thing about an advice is when it touches you, it resonates with you. Because people give you advice all the time and you give advice to people all the time. But I think the, sometimes someone says something that, that just triggers something in your brain that is like, oh, you know, and you have that aha moment. Like if you kind of knew it but didn't and you were waiting for that advice to land on you so suddenly you can just go and do it. So I think it's really important to be open and to be able to uh, listen better when somebody gives us an advice and and what and and I think coming back to your book what I think is really interesting for for you is it's become you know having published a few books myself you never publish books to make money from selling books <laughs> you know and yeah. actually uh, a lot of there's a lot of books out there that very few get sold. And I think what's interesting about you is you've actually created, is, the book is just part of your ecosystem, right? It's part of your, it's part of the story. Completely. Which you're now building on even further. Yes. What advice would you give to anyone at the moment that has something, that kind of idea? How do they really, you know, what what was the moment that really made a difference for you? Because, you know, we're, um, 
you know, with our book, we keep, you know, we haven't broken a bubble. Apparently, there's some kind of bubble you need to break, and I haven't quite. No one knows how to break the bubble. We haven't broken it yet. <laughs> but you know, what what is it? What 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 did you do that you just think, looking back, that was just really smart? You know, that actually made a difference. Uh, wow, great question. Uh, I don't know what the bubble is, so probably I haven't broken it. Yet. <laughs> I haven't seen one. But I think the best is when. For me, it goes beyond the book. For me, what I did with that book was to create a platform and create a template and a new way to talk about things. So I think in that sense is endless because I could be doing everything we touch of so many things from, you know, from here and ever. And for me, what I the way I see it is like I started, I have a quest into creating a time capsule of our times and I want to create this... Um, I want to leave for the future, <laughs> for future generations. I want to leave them a really good understanding of how we used to live our daily lives. So for me, that's kind of it. And now that I live with that quest in my head, I'm driven to do a lot of things that take me beyond the book. And the book is the talking point and the gate for me to be able to talk to someone, to introduce myself at a conference, to um, talk about my bio. And because... It gives me some credibility to go for a bigger thing than what the book actually was. So if I was going to just look at your, what we just talked about, if I was going to look at three steps, your three steps would be, uh, is it on Google? The number second step would be, okay, it's not, is it interesting? And the third step would be how scalable it is, you know, how far can it travel? Yes, very good. Yeah, I, 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 I like, <laughs> I like that. your one, two, three. That, that's your piece of advice to me. No, 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 I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, what's your? What would you say your creative superpower is? Um, seeing things differently. I I think it's something that is uh, a skill that I had since I I was little, and I I don't know. I always kind of like would talk to people and they will say like, you know, from when I was like 11 or 12, oh, wow, I never thought about it that way. And this is something that is driven by my curiosity and also by like, my brain never stops working. I'm always asking questions inside me and I don't stop until I answer them. And so I have like a lot of questions, you know, <laughs> going on at the same time. And I think asking myself a lot of questions, running different filters, looking at things from a different perspective, from yours, from mine, from somebody else's, helped me see things differently. And that's the asset that I want to say, well, that's mine. And I one that I want to pass into my kids, because I think in these days it's quite good to have that skill. So I would, I would, that, that, that constantly asking questions is definitely something that my brain does as well um and you know sometimes it can be tiring yeah because it's relentless and yeah. you know but i've tried meditation and the, the ability to sit for 10 minutes and do nothing i find really difficult yeah. um what do you do to turn off i mean what 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 to give your okay. brain a rest yes i well i do many things but one is actually i mean the counterpoint to that point is like i sometimes i cannot rest until i find the answer so finding the answer gives me that peace of mind. But, but that can, can be hard. But on the other hand, I do hot yoga and I practice that like at least three times a week. I box. So I have a boxing coach and I box three, I box three times a week with him with spar. 
And then now I've taken on bachata lessons to, I was a little bit nostalgic of missing my Latin side. So I started <laughs> Latin dances. So, Amazing. But it's all funny because, I, I mean, yoga I've been doing for many years, but boxing and, well, bachata is very new, but boxing is something that I started two years ago. And I think one of those kind of like hobbies that you develop when you turn 40 and, <laughs> you know, new things that come into your life that help you with, you know, you have new needs really of, you know, I now do um, co-box. Have you heard of co-box? No. I do co-box. Co-box is great. It's uh, it's uh, kind of a mixture between classes with music and boxing. And you do floor exercise and they've got big boxing things. Although I have to say, you said you for, I am on average at least 15 years older than every single other person in the room which is quite <laughs> which is quite funny as well yeah. but yeah boxing is good uh, I, I meant to uh, for Christmas I actually got a boxing bag to go to go in my flat so brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. really good that, you know that's what I want to do next as well like um, you know objects that represent new hobbies you know, oh, that that's really in. interesting. So I was thinking about doing a blog with that or you know, creating an Instagram account like uh, objects you picked up after 40, you know. <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, mine would be like boxing gloves, uh, Latin dancing shoes. And I picked an ukulele once and I was really terrible at it. But those three things, you know, were new things. You know, we're looking for something. I don't know what it is, it, but they represent that. Um, what's the one question you would have liked me to ask you today? You have asked me, asked me actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, Very yes, good. yes. You have. So I could I could think of something uh, different. What are you? What, so t- tell us what you're most looking forward to the next twelve months. What's What's the thing that you're so excited about right now? I'm really excited about a project that I'm doing with Stylist Magazine that is going to be out in February, and then uh, publishing this document. Well, premiering this documentary is going to be at the San Etienne uh, Biennale in March. So oh, that's amazing. a premiere for my film. I'm really excited about that. Very good. And final question, if you could, if there was anyone that you could find out what their best piece of advice ever was. So, oh, so, so, by, yeah. so, so I could have them sitting there. Who would, they, who would it be? Oh, to invite somebody new. Yeah. Who would you, uh, who would you love to hear from? Oh, invite uh, my old boss, Richard Seymour. Yes. He's going to be a good one. And why would Richard be why would Richard be interesting? Uh, he's a good thinker and he's a visionary and not only he has lovely words, he I would say he sees things differently and he he will surprise you. So you like people that see things differently. Yes. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you Paula. Um hopefully I'm hoping everyone can check out your book. Uh, I love it. It's still at home on the coffee table and I do open it every now and then. I just think I just like seeing new objects. You know, that's what, that's actually what I look for. I, I actually will open a page and go, is there an object I haven't seen before? Because yeah. I think in every object there's a story. And I think that's the story that actually becomes super interesting. Thank you. And you love the cowboy, I remember. I did love the cowboy. I, the one that I love the most, though, I think it was the, the, the one with the sumo. The sumo. Uh, the uh, special effects artist. The special effects artist. That's <laughs> the one that just visually I just yeah. absolutely love. It. And it's and it kind of makes sense. My passion is movies. So it, yeah, it, it makes sense that I gravitated yeah. towards that one. So thanks for your time. Thank you so much for this morning. It's been great. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by Creative Superpowers the book that gives you the skills to thrive in the age of creativity. Now available on Amazon and all good bookshops.